What we do as speech coaches is to help people be much more engaging, effective, and confident speakers. We don't coach people to be something they're not. We coach them to be the best versions of themselves. Does your audience want information, a lot of logic? We are communication coaches, speech coaches. We have a lot of different hats. We here want to help people. We want to give them tips, tools, and techniques that would make them more impactful, more effective, and build their confidence. We know each other well as friends and also in terms of our expertise as coaches. That's why we're together here with you. Welcome to the Speech Queens. Do you need to be more effective, interesting, and successful both professionally and personally? Well, you've come to the right place. The Speech Queens are here to elevate your communication. Now, here they are. Lori Schloff, Tori Hollingworth, and Janine Grabley. Welcome to another episode of the Speech Queens, where we talk all things communication. Hello, my name is Denine Grabley, and I'm with my colleagues, Tori and Lori. Welcome, fellow queens. How are you? Hi oh. there. <laughs> Lori, you sound far away. What happened to you? Oh, I am a bit far away. Please don't be jealous. I am in Florida. Mm. And... I am enjoying myself. However, I'm also here on business. I'm really excited. I'm doing a, a gig for um, the leaders at Walgreens on Friday. So I'm really excited. Great. Great. Yeah, it's true. We do travel all around the country and all around the world. So, Lori, it's uh, glad to hear you have had that opportunity. Good. They're going to benefit oh, from your you, experience, Lori. Oh, good. Yeah. And maybe I'll get some free drugs. Wait, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> So we have a very good episode today. To kick it off, we are actually going to talk about what everybody is talking about, the coronavirus, but how that relates to communication and working virtually. A lot of organizations now, their people are working at home. Uh, even a lot of universities are having their students not come back from spring break and teach the classes virtually. And as uh, speech queens and executive communication coaches, we do work with our clients virtually, even though we do travel, as I just mentioned, and even travel internationally, which we love, we often do work with our clients uh, virtually, whether in groups or one-on-one. Well, I can tell you that I am thrilled that the majority of my traveling took place in January and February. And it's not as glamorous as it seems. I was actually held up at the Canadian border where mm. I was held till one in the morning. They confiscated my passport and accused me of taking a job from a Canadian. Oh, boy. But let's face it. Nobody can train like the speech queens. <laughs> exactly. So I convinced them to let me go and uh, finished working in Vancouver with a team from, on uh, customer service communication training. Great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So we're just, we're going to kick off with talking about uh, virtual training. Then I'll talk a little bit about speaking to large groups. And then finally, we will watch a clip of a political candidate and do a critique. So to not waste any more time, let's talk about, uh, you know, virtual communication, doing meetings and trainings virtually. And Tori, you are really the expert in this area. And I know you've done a lot of virtual trainings. So could you just first talk to us a little bit? about some of the advantages to virtual training? Well, not getting caught and held at a border when entering a foreign country is one advantage. I go. will attest to that. Being in your pajamas at home, quite nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, the flexibility, obviously, we have a very global economy these days. Aside of the virus, I felt there was a trend. Don't you both agree, Queens, towards virtual training? Yeah, that might be the only slight silver lining. Maybe more people will become skilled at virtual training. The trend was that way anyway. I agree 100%. I was just saying to Deneen, I feel as if this might cause, in a positive way, some of my clients, and your clients as well, to finally jump into the world and embrace uh, virtual training, one-on-one coaching virtually, which is easier mm. To, mm. to get people to envision, mm-hmm. but groups as well. We have the technology now in which we can put people in breakout rooms. They can text chat us questions. We can go in and out of individual rooms. So there's a lot of great technology out there that can help facilitating help facilitate as if we're right in the room. That's a really good right. point, Tori. Oh, go ahead, Laurie. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Queens, though, would you agree? Like if we had to have a hierarchy, I'd still say, and I'm sure most people would agree, that in-person may bring the most benefits. What do you think? Oh, I would agree. I think, you know, if in a perfect world, uh, face-to-face is definitely the best, but I do think a virtual is a a great option. And uh, to hop on what Tori had said, you know, I have find people are a little bit hesitant about having, you know, trainings virtually. Even for myself, when I first started in the industry, I thought, "Mm, virtual, how can that work? And I found it to work fabulous. Like Tori said, with a lot of the technology today, having those breakout rooms that you really feel like you are in a room. So yes, I do think face-to-face is best. Just I think, hey, with our relationships and communication, face-to-face is best. But I think virtual is, does really, really well today. And I think a lot of the same goals can be accomplished. So for example, if you're saying that the goal here is to help people identify those areas in which they're doing well to continue to leverage them in those areas of opportunity they could improve, they can still have that experience virtually through feedback from their peers, as well as recording themselves on their own smartphones during their presentations or whatever it might be. And of course, for messaging coaching, it's very, very easy to do that through virtual Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's great for reinforcement, and it and it also can be recorded and played back later for reinforcement. That's a really good point, Tori. Really good point. And what so what are the benefits of of doing that? So I've had a lot of one on one clients say, "Could you please record this and then send it to me so that I can review it?" So mm-hmm. because as you know, there this is the first time they've heard the information. They might be taking notes. They might not be. They might be multitasking. Let's hope they're not. But sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. And so here's an opportunity for them to review it, to take notes, to rewind, go back over certain areas that are focus areas for them. Fabulous, fabulous. And Lori, I know you do a lot of uh, one-on-one coaching. Of course, you do the group coaching like you're doing later this week. But could you tell us, uh, talk a little bit about your experience doing one-on-one coaching virtually? Well, um, I first want to talk about what I see as the biggest challenge with the group. Okay, sure. And, that, and, and this isn't just for our training. This is more when I coach people at companies to be better at running their virtual meetings. Mm. For some reason, maybe you queens have found this too. The leader of the meeting feels like he or she has to run the whole thing. So I think the key to helping our clients run better virtual meetings is that they need to have an engagement, getting the group engaged headset. And I can just mention a couple of things. Uh, One is let the participants own the meeting agenda. 
in advance, ask them for assigned topics. You know, mix it mm-hmm. up. Maybe someone wants to share an article. Uh, maybe someone wants to talk about a particular challenge they're facing in business. You get the, with the angle I'm going. Don't just use it to report in, which 90% of my clients do. Don't just use it for an update. Use it also for interaction. I agree 100%. Yeah. I think a verbal, a strong verbal agenda in the very beginning, mm-hmm. a clear, setting clear expectations, and even maybe being more obvious about, okay, I'm, today I'm going to start, Denine, we're going to ask you about virtual coaching, and then we're going to turn it over to Lori, who's going to talk about fear of speaking, et cetera. Everyone knows when they're speaking, what their topic is, who's speaking before them and after them. So you eliminate a lot of that. It, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people, everybody talking over each other, <laughs> interrupting. Exactly. And also the whole idea of, you know, not letting people goof off. You know, it's like being in a classroom with, you know, I think at Harvard Law School, you never know when you're going to be called on. They <laughs> everyone has to take responsibility. So I call it taking the remote out of remote meetings, right? So there, there's an expectation that there will be team engagement. I love that. Taking the remote out of remote oh. meetings. Meetings. Sorry. <laughs> Forgot it already. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, great, excellent. Any any other tips we'd like to talk about as far as virtual meetings? I'd like to spend as much time as we'd like, but you know, do want to move things things on. But I, I, I do find that is the future, and I do think with everything going on, it is going to make companies be much more aware of just how effective um, virtual meetings can be, and even having you know trainings virtually. Of course, we feel terrible, you know, that people are not being able to, you know, go to the regular workplace. And of course, we feel bad for anyone who's, um, you know, sick or worse. Um, uh, Just at our angle, we're being asked constantly now to help people with being good at virtual meetings or to ask us to do training virtually. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Next, I would, um, you know, kind of shifting gears here, I would like to talk about speaking to large groups because, you know, as speech queens, we do help people be better communicators. And a big part of that is uh, public speaking. Uh, but public speaking could be talking to two people, 200 or 2,000. Yeah. And we find often that people don't like speaking to larger groups. Just the thought of being on a stage and speaking to 500,000 people doesn't mean you have to. But, you know, speaking to larger groups... It can be, you know, turn people off and people always want to know. Yeah, be daunting. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd like to speak, mm-hmm. t- take about 10 minutes about uh, the differences of speaking to large groups as opposed to small groups. Uh, now, Tori and Lori, I would definitely like your input, but I would like to say that speaking to large groups isn't really different than speaking to smaller groups. There are some differences, which I will talk about, but I think big picture, it's really the same. And what I mean by that is you still wanna be able to make that connection with the audience, with the listeners. You still want to watch your body language. You still want to have a clear message. You still want to use your arms efficiently. There are a lot of things that you still need to do, whether you're speaking to a small group or you're speaking to a large group. Would you agree with me or not? Yeah, I think being your authentic self is very good. I personally find as a coach, I prefer a smaller group. The simple reason is the interaction. 
that you can mm. get to know people well. I do find, um, you know, it's easy for people in a large group to do their own thing and get distracted, even if there's a great speaker. So mm. I'm a big fan, and you can tell me if you queens are, of doing stuff during your talk which gets people inter- to be interactive. You can hear a theme I have, which is empower people to actually do something or think about something. Exactly. I think interaction is 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 vital and I same thing I do love interacting with my audience with my listeners but on the flip side I prefer speaking to large groups I'd much rather talk to 1000 people than 10 and I know uh, that why is that Denine that's that's a good question Tori I I guess I like that feeling I okay Full disclosure, I like being on a stage. In the first grade, wow. I was I was cast as the lead in our, our school play. And I was I was actually very shy as a child. Little side note yeah. here, a little tidbit. I was actually very, very shy. And yeah. my teacher, she saw something in me and she put me in the lead. And my parents told me they went and they had a, a talk with the teacher saying, Denine's too shy, she can't do it. And the teacher said, no, I think she can. And I'm, I'm telling you, when I was on that stage, I just, I loved it. So I do like being on a stage. So moral of the story is, it, don't try to share the stage with Denine. <laughs> right, she can do all the 10 Don't let her be your understudy. Right, Tori? All about no, Eve. And, and I guess, oh, too funny. And I guess I did like the fact of, you can, you still get, have to give the eye contact, but it's almost like they can see you, but you don't feel their eyes on you for, for myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think a that's why. A lot of why. people have said that. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, and, and I feel I'm, I'm getting my message out to a larger group of, of people. So yeah, it is. It's that's kind true. of hard to explain, but, but over time, yeah. I must say, as I improved as a speaker, I now really like the, the small group and that interaction and that connection. So now I can say I do like both, but I don't know. There's just something about being on a big stage. I think you bring up a really good point in terms of eye contact. So one thing that our clients struggle Mm -hmm. with is how do I make eye contact with 150 people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we coach them to break the room up into thirds or whatever the size is in the shape of the room. And you're addressing the center third, the left third, the right third, whatever it might be. And one really interesting coaching tip that a lot of folks don't realize because both Deneen, Lori, and I have done a lot of conference coaching, which we're hoping will come back after the virus. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we have noticed is that uh, folks are sometimes thrown off by the fact when you're addressing a very large audience, you cannot see the the eyes or any faces out there because mm. the lights are on you exactly. and they're so strong and you look out and all you see is black mm-hmm. and that can really throw people off if they're not expecting it so we try to coach our clients to be aware of that that's a really good point yeah. really good point Lori. yeah a couple of that was tori a couple oh, of sorry things, <laughs> no that's okay is you know I don't, you may have to sort of be a little more present uh, especially me because i'm a bit, bit vertically challenged number one Seriously, you have to make sure people can see you. And if I was coaching someone about a big group in front of them, I might say they need to maybe be to dress with real pizzazz, you know, because you really want to attract attention and it is harder in a, in a large room. That's a really good point. Really good point, Lori. <laughs> so a few other no, stories. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, we have, we have fun here, Speech Queens. <laughs> and we, hey, it's just as fun right, what, being our clients, I got to tell you. <laughs> so right, true. right. 
<laughs> we should get some well, testimonials. Lori and Tori do rhyme, you know. So. They do. And well, we call it the Lori and Tori show when we mm-hmm. sometimes partner on big projects and it's the Lori and Tori show. Just a few um, a few of the key things when you are speaking to large groups is a, a, to be aware of your movement because when you are on a big stage, you want to, you know, use that speaker space. You want to use that stage and not just be standing in one place or not standing behind a podium. I don't know about you, fellow queens, but I'm not a fan of standing behind the podium because you're putting a barrier between yourself in the audience. Would you agree? Totally, yep. totally. Use the space you have, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. And you want everyone in that audience to equally see and hear you throughout your presentation. So if you're standing behind a podium the entire time, you, you know, a good third to half of the listeners out there aren't going to be able to see and hear you as clearly as the people in front of the podium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there's one exception, though, everybody, which is... When you're a Catholic you know, we, priest. We work with clients who are, ner- <laughs> who are nervous, right? And they may need that mm. anger, you know? They may need it at first. As long Certainly, as they I'm don't hold on to it like a security out. blanket. Like, if you yeah. notice in some of the debates, some of this, mm. the, the candidates mm-hmm. were holding on to them for dear life, like they were mm-hmm. out in a little rowboat in a mm-hmm. hailstorm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect segue, Tori. So that's just yeah. our, you know, our, our little segment here on speaking to large groups. Um, I would love to spend all day talking about that, but just for timing, you'll have can't. to pay her for that. Mm-hmm. Clean up the clip. It's time for the Queen's decree. So yeah, so next I would like to uh, watch and listen to a clip of uh, Joe Biden as it is the political season. And again, top of the news. And as uh, speech queens and speech coaches, we are going to critique um, Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's speech. I don't think there's many weekends you uh, haven't seen me at at the supermarket or at St. Joe's or Mass. But But you you know know what? what, um, As Val Val said... uh, Home is uh, where your character is etched. It's uh, where your values are shaped and where your view of uh, the world is formed for all of us, every one of us in here. My character, my value, my view of the world, it all comes from this state and all of you. I, um, I'm proud that my grandparents were from Scranton, but I told all right, so that was uh, Joe Biden giving a speech um, in home, his home state. It was I in believe. his home state. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Tori, would you like to uh, tell us a few things that well, he, uh, do you think he, he did well? So this isn't my favorite Joe Biden, and I know mm-hmm. I sound kind of cranky saying that. Uh, he is, this is low energy Joe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hence yeah. the nickname he received. Uh, I think Joe found a lot more energy after Super Tuesday and almost started speaking like a different person yeah. or candidate. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lori, would you like to chime in? And again, for our listeners, obviously, so Tori and I yeah. are here in the studio so we, we can actually see the video, obviously, so we can see and uh, hear. Okay. Uh, listeners, yeah, obviously, it, can only hear, and uh, Lori, you can only hear it too. Yeah. So, yeah, please give us uh, your feedback. It, it was actually a little painful to listen to. I don't know if it, was, it sounded almost like slow motion. Mm. Um, so I, okay, so Joe's an interesting person because he has just a nice way of showing facial expression. He smiles readily. His speech itself, and this is by his own admission that he, he's conscious of his speech because he was a, chi- uh, a child who stuttered. 
so therefore, I think Tori picked up on the inconsistency. He's doing mm. a bit better now, too, because I think his coaches, or they call them handlers, um, are asking him to, to use a script and teleprompter, and he does a little bit better. So some of the things he does that we, we really have to be careful about doing is when you have a, a longer word, okay, this isn't even a long word, like president, say all three syllables. But a, um, a lot of people, including him, sort of slur president. Mm. So I, if I was going to give him advice, I'd totally agree with Tori. Keep up that energy. Mm. And notice how I'm sort of punching out words. And I know these candidates have an incredibly rigorous mm. schedule. It's very difficult to put the energy into you know, how you sound all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. There's one other element that I noticed during the debate about Joe Biden, that if I were his coach, I would say we need to work on that, yeah. this. And that is when he was searching for a word or thinking about how he would answer a question, thinking on his feet, he would close his eyes during the pause and almost kind of search for it. Now, my concern, if I were his coach, is to say it looks like you're having trouble putting words together or thinking oh, yeah. on your feet or being that, you know, adept speaker who's able to pivot and really carry it over the finish line. Excuse me, Queens. Yeah. Uh, producer Dave chiming in. In the few minutes we have left, you want to hear high energy, Joe? Yeah, that'd After be great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thank All you. All right, we got him here. It's a man of enormous integrity. For all those of you who've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Yeah. See? Okay, the vocal inflection, the volume and projection, smiling. Everything is completely different from prior to Super Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Now, thanks to all of you, the heart of the Democratic Party, we just won and we've won big because of you. Lori, the vocal inflection there, right? Spot on. Totally changed. It totally changed. But you know, guess what? We all like friendly audiences. <laughs> well, this is true, and we all like winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of puts a little spring in your step. <laughs> it does. I would like to thank my fellow queens, Lori Schloff and Tori Hollingworth. Do either of you have any last thoughts to wrap this up? Well, I think that you were also a very good model, Duchess Denine. Uh, facilitating a great discussion and it, it helped us to feel really comfortable great. nice job well thank Denise. you Lori. thank you thank you and dave queens, of course always enjoyable to work with you always a pleasure to be in your kingdom queens thank you so much for listening to the speech queens if we can ever be helpful or you're looking for a communication coach whether in person or virtually please reach out and we look forward to continuing to being the queens and helping the world be better communicators. Thank you so much and see you soon. To get in touch with the Speech Queens, check the show notes for this episode for all of their contact information or visit pod617.com slash queens where you will find more information about the queens and the full library of podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>